thanks to the City of Brimbank across our neighbourhood and the world, Soul Dive with AD, Rashani and Lydia on Brimbank Live on Live FM. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Soul Dive on Brimbank Live's Live FM. I'm your host, Rashani, and I'm joined by my other hosts, AD and Lydia. Ladies, how are we today? Really hey, good. <laughs> really excited Doesn't for sound um, like it, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> really good. Really good. Really good. <laughs> excited for today's um show mm-hmm. uh, as part of you know International Women's Day because we yeah. are strong women. That's right. Yeah. I love how you got rid of the independent and the the, the black mark. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be intersectional. I'm trying to include everybody. It doesn't have mm. to be just black women. Everybody's strong. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's Absolutely. definitely something we're going to delve into today. The importance of not just feminism, but um, intersectional feminism and including women who may not have their voices heard as much um and we have an incredible guest on as well um krisha tulsiani who is a passionate feminist passionate feminist rather um writer and a very strong advocate um for feminism um and we are going to pick her brain um in relation to feminism and intersectional feminism and what it means and what we can do to be better allies to women um before we kind of dive in I want to kind of ask you both and maybe have a bit of a discussion about what feminism means to us. Lydia, do you want to kick us off? Sure thing. Um, I have to be honest and say that feminism isn't something that I've paid a lot of attention to um, when I compare it to, say, other causes or things like that. But um, in simple terms, I guess for me, it's just um, it's restoring that balance between, you know, um, man and woman or all the genders that exist within society and ensuring that, you know, us as women have full rights to things that other people have rights to. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like, I understand, that's all I understand that actually genuinely I'm here to learn a lot more than I am to kind of like speak um, today because it's genuinely a topic I haven't spent a lot of time with, but um, yeah, in simple terms, that's what it is to me. It's just, yeah, rights, like having yeah. full rights. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And just on what you said, Lydia, um, you know, I think that sometimes, particularly in the social justice space, um, it can be very pressuring because there are so many different things going on, so many things to support that sometimes people can feel like they have to, you know, be on every single aspect and every single mm-hmm. issue. But sometimes that's not possible. And sometimes, you know, we put a lot of energy into one social justice issue and there are other ones that we acknowledge um but we don't have as much time to to put into so um I totally hear what you're saying you know you are in so many spaces um that fight for such great things and fight for inequality um or fight for equality in light of inequality so I think that yeah that's something that definitely I relate to as well because there's a lot of things out there and there's a lot of um you know, causes to fight for. Um, and we're exactly. doing the best that we can. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. oh, definitely. We only have, you know, a certain amount of time, resources, energy to invest into like fighting or advocating for a cause. So naturally, you just can't give all of your time to everything. But I think the intersectional nature of feminism with other issues mm. um, is very prominent. So it's going to be in a somewhat easy discussion to have, I guess, because we're in tune with other social justice issues. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. AD? And just to piggyback, um, I think the reason that feminism isn't 
on top of a lot of people's cause list mm. is because feminism affects people differently. Mm-hmm. So people of color are quite at the bottom of the benefits of feminism. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, we've got better things to do, you know, <laughs> things that we can change. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, exactly. yeah. Um, but feminism to me isn't a cause. It's just how you act. It's in your actions every day. And I think all of us show feminism qualities, even if you don't want to call yourself a feminism, by, you know, getting up every day and being in spaces that you might feel uncomfortable in, be that it's, you know, ruled by men or, you know, the CEOs Mm. are white people. Um, It's, you know, just kind of fighting against the status quo. Um, you know, we're not just sitting at home cooking uh, for our siblings and making sure everything's good. We're going out there and doing things to be independent. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I can echo what both of you have just said in relation to what feminism means to me. It's it's those structural issues. Um, you know, we're talking about like the gender pay gap and how women aren't represented in certain um, spaces of work um, and also talking about advocacy of women's rights, um, whether that's their reproductive health, um, whether that's, mm-hmm. um, you know, fighting against the status quo of what women are seen to be or perceived to um, aspire to be. Um, so it's all those things for me and just fighting for um, equal rights, particularly in a, a male dominant world and in a patriarchal setting. Um, so that's kind of how I see it. Um, there's like a definition here, which is super, super simple for our listeners. It's um, feminism is the advocacy of women's rights on the ground of the equality of the sexes. Um, and so we are going to delve into everything that we kind of spoke about, um, feminism based on intersections, um, feminism based on, um, you know, what the movement um, means to people who are, you know, women of colour or mm-hmm. people who are, are disabled and understanding how that works for them as well because there are a lot of um, movements out there particularly around feminism that are focused on white women um, and that you know as we all said doesn't speak to all women in the world Um, so I'm really really excited to delve into our show today um, and talk to our amazing guest Krisha. With thanks to the city of Brimbank across our neighbourhood and the world, Soul Dive with AD, Rashani and Lydia on Brimbank Live on Live FM. Welcome back to Soul Dive on Brimbank Live's Live FM. I'm your host, Rashani, and I'm joined by AD and Lydia. And on today's show, we are celebrating International Women's Day, and we're talking all things feminism, particularly intersectional feminism, and understanding what women's rights um, means to all of us. And we are lucky to be joined by Krisha Tulsiani, who is a feminist and advocate for feminism, um, a writer. She does all the things. Krisha, welcome to the show. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. No worries. Um, it's amazing to be um, in your presence and to have this discussion with you. Um, so first of all, we want to start off with a little bit of context. Um, so sure. what is gender inequality and inequity to you and your understanding of it? 
Sure. Um, so for me, gen- gender inequality is sort of what we started off with, right? Um, this is the way I understand it in my head and the way I've conceptualized it as I've sort of learned more um, during my studies and just in general in life as well. So it started with a lot of inequality. And as we're moving into the 21st century, um, where it's there's laws now, there's discrimination laws, there's we've had the women's marches, we've, ha- we've had all these amazing political advancements and now we're in the position where everything is focused on equity right everything is focused all our school systems all our not our laws our laws are definitely based on equality but all our school systems and all our um even like pushing women to do different things in careers going forward is all based on the principle of equity now um and i think that's really good because we're we're teaching women that they can do what they were taught they couldn't do and we're also making up for that gap where um, men have always sort of believed they could do it. And we're sort of giving women that extra leg up to prove that they can do it as well. But I think now, as we go into my generation, I'm lucky enough to believe that I have had the same sort of opportunities. But again, coming from a privileged Australian context, of course, I don't think that would have been the same in India. But coming from a privileged Australian context, I believe genuinely that I have had the same support as my male peers growing up and I'm again in privileged areas so even the the way they treated me was very very lucky and very much equal and I never really felt that there was anything different um, between the two of us academically and socially until I sort of actually started researching and learning about like history and about what's happened in the corporate world so I think Mm. that's just what I've that's the way it's in my head and also how I've understood it. So we've definitely moved from inequality to, sorry, we moved from focusing on equality to now focusing on equity. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, when you talk about the difference between inequality and inequity, because sometimes people use them interchangeably, but there is actually a difference between yeah. them. And it's about understanding that there are gaps that particular people um, face and then trying to fill those gaps and, um, you know, see how those gaps can be filled in relation to women particularly um as a gender and then um different types of women based on you know ethnicity exactly. and race yeah. and disability and things like that mm, you're totally right and we have quite progressed over time you know in women's rights we can't deny you know we've had the vote women are allowed to work they're allowed to own their own property um but how prominent is it right now in the 21st century still um I think that what okay so the way I've understood it is that right now in the 21st century it's very much that um, we used to sort of have this inequality and now we're we're focusing on having equity and we're being pushed up as women and I think that the now the opportunities aren't where we have inequity or inequality it's now the actual perceptions of careers and roles where the inequity still stands so I might not go into a career because I think it's a male dominated career and because I think it's not compatible with motherhood and I think it's not compatible with all the goals that I want to achieve as a woman but I've never necessarily been pushed down actually academically or in my school system growing up it's just that at the higher level there's not as many women in these in these careers and so because I'm not seeing these role models I'm not necessarily as inclined to move into these higher 
um, mm. areas, even though I could do it and I have been yeah. told that I could do it. Mm. So I think now, like in institutionally, it's very much so equal, mm. especially like, I mean, in Australia and in the context where I am, but I think just socially, it's not necessarily equal as of yet. Yeah. And it's more so- psychological warfare um, as opposed to like legal exactly and it's still related to the institution because there's systematic things that are in place that cause people to feel um you know that they cause people to not feel like they can go for these jobs or that they want to go for these roles um but i guess you know obviously the feminism as a whole intersects with many other issues in society um can you tell us what is intersectional feminism um so to me, when I think of feminism and I think of the movement of feminism, um, I always think of the the faces that most people will link that movement to. And um, a lot of work has been done, particularly in the Black and Indigenous spaces, um, fighting for feminism um, and fighting for those rights um, for women. Um, but a lot of the time it's represented by white women. Um, and that is an issue because white women don't, um, they don't reflect all of the experiences that other women from BIPOC communities face and feel. And so mm-hmm. when we look at feminism intersectionally, we're not just looking at the typical white woman but we're also acknowledging that feminism has its intersects, whether that's um, people from indigenous, women from indigenous backgrounds, from um, black communities, um, people of color. So it's really understanding and acknowledging that um, we need to not only see women for um, being women, but also how their intersections kind of come into play when it comes to that. Because, you know, when we look at the gender pay gap, we don't just see men and women, but we see race and gender and how that comes into play exactly. and how that um, impacts right. um, women differently. And so I think that it's really mm. important when we're focusing on feminism to look at things from an intersectional point of view, um, to really firstly understand how women are all impacted differently based on their race and ethnicity. Um, and then also moving together for that movement rather than mm. having one particular woman um, represent what that is to all of mm. us as a group exactly yeah and it makes um, a lot of sense doesn't it because like it's when we're talking about a, you know your gender that's just you as a person but then there's so many other things mm. that you know that might subject you to um disadvantages in society and you know we're talking about your actual race or your class or things like that mm. so um, it makes sense that feminism would intersect with so many other things um but yeah yeah, I think sure. I'm really lucky to have learnt it from this perspective because when I was reading exactly about this concept, there's a lot of people that have said, a lot of women that have said that they didn't ascribe to the fight of feminism. They didn't want to be a part of the fight of feminism because they didn't think it it reflected their own culture's mm. views. Mm. Sorry, not views, but challenges and struggles. Challenges, yeah. Um, so I think by looking at it and and seeing our privilege or our discrim- the discrimination based on our ca- um, class, gen- uh, gender is the main, um, obviously we're talking about feminism, but class and race, um, even sexual orientation, all these mm. things play into it. And by understanding sort of how we fit into the world based on that framework that has been already ascribed to us when we were pretty much born, mm. um, 
how we fit into the world and therefore how we can make feminism into our fight and not just a blanket fight, if that makes mm. sense. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I find intersectional feminism really interesting, but it's, it's not a new concept. There's just now a no. name to it. Mm. Um, um, I think it was coined by Kimberly Crenshaw in, I think, 1989, yeah. maybe, yeah. intersectionality, yeah, around yeah. that time. And to put it quite easily, a beautiful white woman uh, next to, say, um, a transgender white woman, mm. we know who's going to get more opportunities. Exactly. You know, someone who's disabled, a mm. woman who's disabled against an abled, um, able-bodied woman, we know who's going to get more mm. opportunities. Mm. So there's so many uh, little facets of society that we have to look at um, and even to, yeah. money yeah of mm-hmm. course because even like um me being from a privileged family in india i moved to australia when i was two but still knowing that had i been in india in the circumstance that i was in i would still be allowed to have an education and i would still be allowed to in my generation go into the start of a career if not mm-hmm. succeed i mean progress sorry not succeed progress very far in that career but at least it would be something that I was able to do, whereas a lot still the class, the caste system, sorry, is still prevalent mm. there. And, and knowing that women from lower castes who generally typically are of lower socioeconomic status as well, mm. would have the same opportunities as me, even mm. though we are the same race and the same gender. And it's mm. just, it's learning sort of that. And then also f- then figuring out how you can fight against that. And what was really interesting for me was when I was younger, I was always interested in feminism, but I never thought that it was a fight that I could take because I thought that everything that could have been done was done, if that makes sense, Mm. when I was younger, um, until I obviously started reading and researching and learning. But initially, it really does seem like where I was from, that everything was equal. And I was Mm. like, well, I have no fight to fight because everything's Mm. been done for me. And I'm so privileged to have everything done for me. And I am. I'm so privileged to be standing where I am, but it's still where I can walk higher and then make Mm. the ground easier for the next person right Mm. so it's just about sort of learning where the inequalities still are and then how you can lose your privilege yeah because I was going to say it almost seems like it makes sense to kind of work backwards when it comes to like feminism it's like um, identify the issues the social justice issues not related to the person's gender so for example race and then now meet them at that level and see how that's affecting them as a woman you know what I mean because then you can actually speak to the the unique feminism experience of that person rather Mm. than that blanket approach that Mm. doesn't work absolutely and I think that um what you were saying was really important, Krisha. You know, we kind of grow up in a society where people do tell us that we have equal rights. And although a lot of advancements have been made, there are a lot of things to fix as well. So it's about celebrating the things that we do have and acknowledging um, the advancements that have occurred, but also then doing the work to make it better for the next generation of um, women coming through. So I think that that is super, super important as well. Um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Soul Dive on Bremang Lives Live FM with Rashani, AD and Lydia. And we are here talking all things feminism with Krisha Tulsiani. Um, so Krisha, in terms of um, the work that we can do in day-to-day life, um, what can we do as people of society to be better feminists and better allies? Okay, well, the thing is that, again, it depends where you are and it depends what fight you're fighting. But where I am and with the fight that I'm fighting, which is just 
trying to lift women up in the corporate world I think mainly because in our social and professional uh, personal lives sorry we are I, in my opinion treated fairly fairly equally apart from of course going out at night and you know all that all the safety side of things um which I don't think is ever really gonna equal itself out for a very very long time but right. um if we ignore that area for the moment in the corporate world is mainly where I'm interested in and learning about why um, women are published less in academic journals, why women are not making it up to the senior positions in their careers. And this is what's really interesting for me. I studied, um, I was studying the amount of women in economic academia, publishing economic academia. And what I found out was that the pay gap that we have been told, we always get told, you know, women get 82 cents to the dollar, right? And the thing is that we're always we're always reinforced this, but we can't see it in everyday life because we're saying that woman is in the same position as that man and she is getting paid the same, right? Like she is getting paid the same. Um, and it's illegal if she's not, right? And if she's mm. not hired over the man, it's illegal. Like I can go and go up to the, um, right. the ombudsman and be like the fair work ombudsman and be like, you are treating me unequally and I will get compensated for that, right? So it's not that, it's not that that's causing the gap. It's mm. actually... First of all, how many women ask for pay um, raises? Um, how many women go for a job they think they're qualified for? They go for a job if they think they're qualified for 100% of the traits, whereas men will go, I think, with about 60% or something mm. close to that number. Um, and then also the main thing is that they're not necessarily making it up to the senior positions. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they're not making it up to the senior positions is not because they're not capable. They're definitely capable. Um, it's because... It seems like a man's game, so they don't necessarily try because they say, I don't want to be in that position because that man looks like he's working 60 hours a week and I want to be with my family and I want to, I have all these other goals and that's not a position I want to be in. Um, if you do want to be in that position, often a lot of women in these high positions are seen as um, even in movies, especially in movies, they're characterized as this sort of, they don't have anything else in their life. Mm -hmm. They're very corporate focused they can't be compassionate and loving and but also be in this position they have to be very very ruthless to get mm. like to cut off the men around them and that sort of thing and that's the perception that we're sh we're shown so obviously mm. as a girl I'm going to go I don't want to I don't want to end up like that why mm. do why would I want to be in this kind of position right and the, wow. the other really interesting thing to note is that often um and I spoke to an academic um in UNSW about this um she studied she studied economics and what she told me is a lot of women don't make it to senior positions because they're, they're working in their corporate life they so they finish uni and then they work in their corporate life for about 10 years that get to about 35 and then they realize I want to have a family which is absolutely their choice and we into feminism we don't we let women support women to do whatever they want to do right so it's not about saying to be a feminist you should be corporate it's not that it's if you want to have a family great we're going to support you because we're all feminists here right but what they're saying is that women get to about this 35 40 age realize they haven't had children and want to have children and then of course because they've gone from entirely corporate focused to now entirely personal focused, they're going to quit or they're going to reduce their hours or they're going to mm. take maternity leave and not necessarily come back for a long time, which is, again, absolutely their choice and absolutely fine. But what happens is they don't make it to those positions when they're just on the cusp. Mm. 
Mm. And then we look at those statistics and we say the men are earning more. Why are the women not earning that much? And it's just because they haven't made it to the positions where they could be earning that much. And it's it's because they're not asking for it or they don't want to be there or because um, they see it as this this man's game or this boys club and they don't that they don't feel like they're they welcome there as women and especially as women who want to have children um but again it's absolutely not a criticism to them it's what they want to do but it's just that that's the reality of the situation yeah that's the reality of the situation and it comes back to ad's point earlier where she said psychological warfare because as you started to talk about that all i thought about was confidence like this lack of confidence um that to be, like a lack of confidence in believing that they should be there, you know, or that they're worthy. And even just the reintegration, like after having a child, like, um, you know, is it that you come back to work and you're still regarded um, in the same position as, yeah. as you were just before you left? Or have you suddenly dropped down a few, a few, you know, points in the hierarchy and now you have to work yourself up again? Like, mm. I think it's really interesting and I haven't thought about some of these things. So like, mm. thank you for um, enlightening mm. us. Yeah. But I think part of feminism as well is realizing that equality doesn't mean equal in every way. Like as women, who knocks them up? It's the men and then they go back to work. So we need to start recognizing from the top, the highest part of the hierarchy, that these things happen and that we should hold spaces for women who choose to do that mm. and have the ability to come back and yeah. keep going from where they left off. Yeah. And I definitely and not be distrusted yeah. um, so early on so as to not given those opportunities exactly mm. um and i think that what you were saying ad in terms of um what organization you're in is really that speaks volumes as to what opportunities you have when you do come yeah. back um from maternity leave say you know because there are some jobs that will um demote women or you know because they haven't been um continuing their practice for an x amount of time um won't give them as many opportunities when they do come back or won't be as lenient or compassionate understanding when um, women do need to take time off. Um, and so I think that that's, you know, it, it's funny because we do hear about these things and it these things seem so far away in the distance. I know for me, when I, you know, I hear about the gender pay gap and things like that, I, I remember thinking, okay, well, surely, you know, it, it exists, but I don't think I'll ever face it. But I remember it was only like two years ago, I went for a particular job that um, one of my male friends was working in. Um, and it's also about talking about things as well, because I got my contract with how much I was going to get paid. And I just mm. thought, great, this is what I'm getting paid. This is great. And he had asked me, like, what does your contract say? Like, what is the number on your contract? And talking mm. about finances and money is not my thing. Um, mm. But I told him anyway, like, how much they were willing to pay me. And he was like, I'm getting triple that. But we mm. have the same qualifications. Um, you know, this, yeah, same qualification, same experience. So I'm like, whoa. And so, you know, that Triple. to me was wow. like, yeah, it was like, That's wow, it is crazy. And so I think that sometimes people think that there is a gender pay gap, but I'll never experience those things. Um, but then you get to points where you're like, crap, like this is still happening. And, you know, it, it is about also speaking to your allies as well. And that's why it's really important to have mm. somebody there because I remember him saying, well, you know what, we'll go in together and we'll ask for our contracts to be, the same mm. like you know wow. I won't walk away that's an ally yeah and yeah and that's the thing and it, it is about finding corporate places um or particular organizations that will listen to you and support you and also finding allies within that space to support mm. you and help you out because exactly. if I didn't have that conversation with him I would never have known 
and you wouldn't so I have even that, been able to reveal the exactly. inequality yeah. yeah yeah so I think a lot of things are happening that you just don't you don't even realize but it, they're happening and I think it's important to mm. have those conversations and and be aware of those things happening for sure definitely and um you know just to go on to the next question how can we use our privilege to create positive change towards the movement um understanding of course that we do have privilege even though in some areas we don't i think that it's again it they, they go hand in hand right because you sort of need to be the ally to help other women move up on the mm. on the ladder and I think it's just about expose exposing them to opportunities and to the all the things they can do because mm. again it's not about telling them what to do and it's not about telling them that they should be corporate and they should be this and they should be this and that and I think feminism is very glorified on the internet too because it seems like um you have to be the woman that has it all and has done it all and is going to do it all and everything right you have to be kind smart um killing your grades killing your work life killing your family life um, and like everyone has off days, right? Everyone mm. has days where like you're sitting in your room and it's all messy and you're tired and everything, right? And it's just like, it's just about showing women that they're not, they're not wrong. They're not, they haven't messed up if that's something that they've done. It's just about being more transparent mm. and sort of like, I noticed this when I'm, when I moved as well, it has only been about a month now, but um, just noticing all the things I didn't know how to do and that I had never been told um, that I had to do or I or I could do or ev everything right and it's just expanded all my opportunities so it's just by saying yes and um, doing things I can just show other women that they can do them too in my own lane like I'm staying I'm staying and I'm doing what I want to do but women are seeing that and it's not mm. like it's not like I'm I mean not in like a show-off type of way but just like that you can see they people are seeing what I'm doing and saying, that's cool. Can I help? Can I join? And mm. you just say, yes, come, right? We can, yeah. we can never have too many people in yeah. this fight. Mm. Absolutely. And everyone has different privilege too. So me pulling up another girl and saying, come help me do this. She's going to have different opinions, different ideas and different privilege, which is going to just help. Like yeah. there's no, there's nothing that can. Um, so it's just sort of, I think about, for both questions just being yourself doing what you're doing but lifting other people up while you do it just yeah. being the person that is the role model that will show a woman that she can do that in the same role in the future yeah um or even just encouraging people like if they if a girl comes up to me and says this is something that I want to pursue just be like yes you can do that you can absolutely do that go like kill it and tell me how it goes and and just supporting the people in your network and then also outside of your network, you'll support without even realizing it, which is mm. something that I've started to realize, which is really, really cool mm. because I just thought I'm in my little lane and what I'm doing is not affecting anyone. And what is, what I'm doing is not, um, I mean, it's important, but it's, it's, it's my own learning. It's my own research. It's not really, um, a like, again, what I was thinking before is that I'm, there's nothing really to fight. Right. So then now, as the more I'm realising that people are interested in this fight, people mm. want to be part of this fight, like just mm. you guys reaching out to me made me think that, wow, I'm just this little girl in um, now studying my degree in first year. Like I have studied stuff, sure, but I, I'm just living my own little life and I'm trying to do my best. And the fact that you yeah. reached out to me and made it just, it made me think like, wow, I can really actually 
make a little bit of a difference, even if it's just a little difference, even if I just impact one woman and make her follow what she wants to do in her life that's like enough for me yeah yeah you've done amazing work so far and Mm. yeah like most of us need to put in the work no matter how small or big like you said earlier we all have different privileges we all have Mm. different privileges so we, we have to use our voices and whatever platform we can to lift up others you know we might be women of color um but you know People, uh, women in the LGBTQI community need our voices. Mm. Exactly. So, but I also yeah. think it's it's not about speaking for them is the main thing that I've noticed, which is a lot to do with like intersectional feminism, right? Going back to that, initially it was all white women speaking for everyone else, mm. right? And right. now it's sort of about realising that, okay, I now have this little bit of a platform, this whatever, however small my platform is. It's not about me talking about what people of um, in the LGBTQI community um, should do or should mm. have or or the inequalities in their community. It's not about that. It's about me lifting up people in that community That's and it. helping them know that their voices are valued and should be heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Brimbank Live on Live FM, um, and you're joined, and we are talking to Krisha Tulsiani, um, and we're gonna delve into all of the amazing things that you have done in your career, Krisha. Um, so you have absolutely been killing it. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your achievements, um, in the form of advocacy? Sure. Um, so I sort of started off, I think I was probably around 14 or 15 when everything mm-hmm. sort of started. Um, I got really interested in obviously the climate issues that were happening. Um, and I was also, this is sort of when school started letting us do our own research papers and things like that. So as I went on, all my research was pretty much focused around feminism, but at the same time I was building up skills doing all this climate work. So I did um, the a course with the with the school strike for climate and then I helped organize the March 14, 15th strike in Sydney in I think 2019 it would have been um, and that was an amazing experience because I, I learned about political power and I learned about how politics influences the way that we live and also about how going up to different politicians will give you different answers and how you need to push different people to get to sort of pass different things. And and it was really, really interesting to learn about, again, the privilege that we hold as young people, but also the privilege that they hold in being people of in power. Um, So that's sort of where it all started. And then at the same time I was doing, I did a research project on how um, the career aspirations of women have changed over time, which was like so interesting to learn about how Mm. now women are more interested in in boys' fields, but um, what was typically, sorry, male-dominated fields. Um, And now we are moving towards them being more interested in those fields, but why is there still such a disparity? And it was like really Mm. interesting to learn about Mm. that. And then I was so interested that I continued that sort of for the next year and I focused on like economics and economic academia because I want to work in academia when I'm older. And Mm. so it was just about like learning about those discrepancies in like the hiring, the publishing, the tenure phases, which was so Mm. interesting. And then concurrently, I did a project on how the representations of women are in Bush Noir literature, which was just so random, but it was so interesting. And it was like, I, I was talking about like the dark feminine and how we think that women who are going through sort of hysteria and 
and depression and all, all these other things that we think well was initially thought that women should never go through is actually mm. just like a reclamation of power mm. so it's really interesting to think about how being bold and being like even if not like to that extent or that to that degree just li- living our lives and being unapologetic with what we do and who we are I mean mm. of course if it's not overstepping on anyone else or hurting anyone then that's what we should do and that's not just us trying to fit in this like pretty little container it's it's us fighting the fight and that's that just sort of it was yes it was in a project and yes it was in like this this narrow scope and niche but it sort of taught me a lot about just the world and life mm-hmm. um so that sort of where it all started um and then as I moved into uni now it's really interesting to see how many more opportunities I have to get involved in this stuff um, mm. and how many amazing events and things people are putting on. So that's really amazing. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And you're also a part of the Canberra Girls Network. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So being the person I am, I'm like very excited. I'm like very hyper, very excited. And when I found out I was moving to Canberra, which was like quite a while ago, I was like, I want to do something. I want to do something big. And if I go there and if I start looking for jobs, you know, as I'm there and whatever, I'm going to end up like working in office works, which is great, which is fine. I'll have good experience, but I want to do something that will change lives. Like I want to do something that's important. Um, again, that is important. Gets me my stationery, so change lives. <laughs> but um, you know what I mean? And so I started sort of reaching out to um, companies in Canberra, female-owned Um, companies and a lot of them were again just like companies right doing social media doing this doing that but this Canberra Gals Network was doing something for a purpose and doing something it's a not-for-profit and what they do is they create inclusive events um, for women in Canberra to network um, professionally and personally and to meet mentors and to meet um, well for me to meet mentors because everyone's amazingly accomplished in their careers but even just to make friends and to work together to build a better camera more inclusive camera and a feminist camera right mm. so it's it's just like the mission that I was just so taken by and so I reached out to them and I said listen I don't know what I'm doing I'm just in high, I just finished I'm just finishing high school but you know I love what you're doing and can I be a part of it like can I do something um and so the founder and CEO Ray Nopic who's now like a major professional mentor of mine and I couldn't be lucky to have her in my life but she has just like been she's like such a warm person and somehow she does everything that she does with so much grace and compassion um and I think that was like like I can't believe I found her she feels like a little big sister in Canberra and moving didn't feel so scary like having someone like that so I'm very lucky but she's someone that I'm going to look up to for a long time I think Mm. um and so finding her everything just clicked and worked and it was just amazing so now I am their strategy and advocacy intern strategic communications advocacy intern and what I do as that part of that role is I work with in social media to help first of all get the word out about events and everything um I work um I'm soon going to be moving on to sort of the policy end of things where I work with um, them to create policies for their not-for-profit, but also government policies, um, stuff that we can go to government and say, can we have funding for these events and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then also just working with the cre- actual creation of events and partnering with people. And it's just an amazing learning experience. Like I've gotten so much out of it already and I, it's amazing and I'm just really enjoying it. That's <laughs> so tell. amazing. Yeah. And I think that 
those networks are really important for um, for women to connect with other people, to find mentors, as you were saying, mm-hmm. um, and to continue doing the work. Because I think sometimes people think individually they can't do much, but as a group and as a community and a network, you can do so much. So I think exactly. that um, being part of those groups is so, so important. Um, Krisha, can you tell us a little bit about where we can find you on social media for our sure. listeners um, to connect in with you? So I am on Instagram at Krisha Tulsiani. Um, pretty much everything else the same. Um, LinkedIn, you can find me on there. Um, and if you're interested in finding out about what the Canberra Gals Network does, it's at CBR Gals on Instagram as well. So that's what I do. Um, you'll see my face on there occasionally. <laughs> Are you sure you want a future in academia? Because I so see you in politics. <laughs> um, well, I'm studying. I've studied a very open degree, so I'm doing mm. law, politics, philosophy, economics. So it's okay. a big one. Keeping your options yeah. open. Yeah. But yeah. it keeps my options open. I can do <laughs> everything, and I can do, and I'm anything. really excited about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so, so passionate. So um, yeah. What are some things we should be looking forward to in the future? Do you have anything coming up that we should know about? Um, I'm on the YWCA She Leads panel was such a cool experience because in fact um the lady who is the main uh, coordinator of sorry um camera gals who i was just telling you about she nominated me for this panel and when she told me i said yeah yeah yeah." i thought she was nominating me to go and attend this event so i was like so excited i was like yeah this sounds great i would love to um women in leadership yeah amazing and then she calls me out and she's like oh you're on the panel and they want they're so excited to have you and i was like what? And, yeah you're gonna be sick and I was like this is crazy and so what it is is I'm just so excited I'm like over the moon but also a little bit terrified but in a good way um and it, what it is is it's speaking to girls in year 11 and 12 about leadership journeys and stuff so I'm on a panel with I think three other two or three other amazingly accomplished like Canberrian women and I'm very very excited to have that conversation so that's coming up March 26th um amazing. And apart from that, mostly just now is International Women's Day around the corner. ANU is doing a whole host of amazing like panels, events, thing that I've just signed up to attend everything. I'm just like, I'll go, I'll go to everything. (laughs) Um, So I have one of those today that I'm attending and there's like three next week or something crazy like that. So it's just, I'm sort of just learning as much as I can. I'm I'm soaking all the new... I'm soaking up the new place and all the new opportunities I have and I'm trying to just make the most of it. That's amazing. Awesome. That is incredible. And yeah, we cannot wait to see you um, in many different spaces um, in the new in the near future, Krisha. Um, thank I you so, so, so much. Yeah, thanks <laughs> thank so much you for, for having joining me. us. Um, it's been yeah. amazing having you mm. as part of this conversation and just having your energy and your spirit has been thank incredible. Yeah, yeah, so knowledgeable. Thank you so much. Yeah, so um, passionate as well. <laughs> Thank you. It was lovely to meet you all. And thank you so much for having me again. With thanks to the city of Brimbank across our neighbourhood and the world, Soul Dive with AD, Rashani and Lydia on Brimbank Live on Live FM.